It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk. We are with you until 6 o'clock, 356 9397 is the phone number. Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette, is here along with Scott Ritchie and Bob Osmussen. We'd love to hear from you. Plenty of stuff to talk about here in the next uh, 50 minutes or so. We'd be happy if you joined us. Matthew, how are you getting along on this Monday afternoon? Good. Uh, I'm just glad that the Big Ten schedule reveal is uh, finally out. And, uh, you know, it took forever, it seemed, on, on Saturday. But, uh, you know, glad that we made it to Monday evening and the schedule's finally out, even after that elongated show that they had, which I am f- free to admit I did not watch much of it all but uh you know good to good to see the schedules out let's uh let's see if the third time works for the big 10 uh, i feel like we've been down this road many a time before because we have so uh we'll just have to wait and see what uh what transpires but you know in about a month or so from now Illinois football is about to kick off its season yeah that reveal show took the best part of an hour <laughs> to get that done and I mean, well, they didn't have any other programming to get to, I, I guess, so they stretch you know, it out. But. Lauren and I were doing the Saturday uh, Sports Talk show, mm-hmm. Alain Ipella Saturday Sports Talk. I was listening to you guys for a little bit and hearing you guys say, okay, they've renounced one week and yeah. we're waiting on the next. <laughs> I was keeping an eye on things and as we went along, but uh, Bob, your thoughts on the schedule? Well, for Illinois, it's much better than the second schedule because that was Penn State, Indiana taken out, so that's... To me, that's a good thing for Illinois. They got they got a bad deal. First schedule, original schedule, was no Penn State, but the Indiana over there. That probably not a great game for Illinois. And then the second schedule was obviously dreadful, adding Penn State in, keeping Indiana in there. And then this one, obviously, those two gone. I think that for me, this team's goal should be four and four, and that's why to put in the paper said four and four. So that that's beating probably Purdue. Northwestern, Nebraska, Rutgers, and Rutgers. So that's reasonable. That can happen. So you got them beating Nebraska? Out I there? do. Because you know what? There's not going to be a soul in that place. Well, they probably won't be. Well, they can't be, right? No. The conference said no. Yeah. So there'll be nobody there. Families and families of players and coaches will have to make a lot of noise. So the last <laughs> win there for Illinois, for Illinois was 1924. Red, Red Greens was on the team was 96. He's, he might be there at the game. Brad might be there. But uh, there's no fans. So that's a, big, that's a huge deal for Illinois, a player there in an empty Memorial Stadium. That's a huge advantage. I'm just wondering if Nebraska is going to stop complaining by the time <laughs> well, Illinois gets out there. I'll tell you what. Uh, and and I'm, I think they went overboard, obviously. I know they went overboard. But you got, I have to understand, it's not like here. There, it is, it is life or death. And it's the whole line about it's not life or death that's more important than that. That's that's Lincoln. All they care about is that team. So when they said that you can't play, that team cannot play, it was like devastating. Well, now they now they can play, and they're just complaining about the schedule. Well, they they had to expect 
I, I, there was a fake schedule out there, really funny. Had Nebraska playing the 85 Bears. <laughs> they had playing that off week, which not the opening week, off week scrimmage at Clemson. And had uh, I think Mordor was on there. Too. I, I think every basically everybody was on there. It's that Game and, of Thrones, Scott. Okay. Lord of the Rings. And Lord of the Rings. so, okay. so anyway, I Thanos would be better, more something I would understand. So they had them. They had to expect. Now I will say I looked at the last schedule, the the ten game schedule. Nebraska had Ohio State and Penn State on it anyway. So really, they can't they can't say a word. Now they lost. Michigan State and Rutgers. So they got the bad end of that whole deal. But I think, yeah, and they can't say a whole lot. And you, do, you know what? And I say they still know it, too. If you want to be the best, which both of the schools say they wanted to be, beat the best. And if you're ever going to be at Ohio State in Columbus, I promise it'll be with nobody there. Because that then it's really who's motivated, who's got the better team. Obviously, Ohio State is a great team. But the best guys it. Punch your stance against Ohio State in Columbus with no fans there. If the fans are there intimidating, intimidating the t- visitor and the referees, Nebraska's got no chance. And, and, chance. If, and if half of Ohio State starters are out of, for the game as Correct. well, they've got a chance. So let's see. Well, but we don't know. We don't know who's going to play. But again, I think Nebraska, they should have probably just shut up. Well, I think Nebraska needs to realize where it is in the pecking order of college football in 2020. This isn't, no, no. This isn't the mid-1990s you're not, anymore. You're not from there. No, I well, got, okay, and it's, it's a case fine. of you mess with the bull, you get the horns. Well, They got right. the horns. But I, I don't think the Big Ten de- deliberately set out and said, let's get Nebraska. Oh, I, I think oh, they, they did. Because <laughs> okay, well, they redid guys. the schedule, and they front-loaded their schedule <laughs> well, so heavily. It's unbelievable, but, and I love but, it. They kept the same schedule. They they kept the four, two of those four teams. So it yeah, just, but they're in a much different order. And well, I understand that. But opening I, at Ohio State. I, well, yeah, I, I, will, I, I, I have I to say this to all the complaining that Bill Moose and company are doing out there in God's country. They open at Ohio State, then they host Wisconsin. Right. Illinois plays Wisconsin at Wisconsin in the season opener for the line. I haven't heard a peep of whining from Lovey Smith's no, program. No, that's good. And they should. Well, it's because they were originally. Well, and because they, they beat Wisconsin. And last I guess year. not originally, but the second Secondary. schedule. They were supposed to play Ohio State in the first game. Right. So exactly. Wisconsin's better. Even, even when that game against Ohio State was scheduled, you didn't hear about, oh, man, this isn't. This isn't good for us at all. You all you heard Josh Whitman and Lovey Smith and the players talk about was this is a huge opportunity. Let's and play. Let's play. And Nebraska is okay. Let's play, but we want the schedule we want. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't but know, again, butt hurt is that I, the, the right way to put it? Again, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend the home country here. Uh, first of all, if you're just looking at it, from Steve, a, I didn't know we were on Nebraska radio station. I, if right we're now. looking at it from an outsider's perspective well you're you're you got the insider perspective okay the insiders would would say insider's perspective is nebraska got screwed no i didn't say that not at all i'm saying that's the i just say that's the viewpoint i I think from nebraska from them but i think they're they need to look at it i really think for from their financial point they should be looking at this as what a golden opportunity we've been trying to get back to where we were okay where we were is as you're right matt it hasn't been for I mean, they're in the title game in 2001. Mm-hmm. They got sm- smoked. Yeah. They've been okay since then a couple times, but not very good. They went nine and four a lot, and they got a yeah. Fire. They were they're <laughs> fine, but they were not like 95 Nebraska, 94 Nebraska, 93 Nebraska, best teams in the country. Honestly, I would say the 95 team is the best team ever. 
Okay. Best team ever. I know the the Tommy Frazier pajamas that, te- that you have. That team uh, is the best team ever, but they're not there. They know they're not there. They hired Scott Frost with the idea of let's get back there. You know what they're thinking, too? Let's go to the Big 12 again. No, they're not thinking that. That's crazy. Well, you they no they don't like the Big you 10. You literally have no idea what you're talking about. They don't like the Big 12. They hate the Big They hate, I got under Nebraska native skin. Is Texas still in Big 12? Is Texas still in there? Yeah. Okay, then they're never going back there because they hate well, Texas. Well, Ohio State's still in the Big Ten. They don't hate Te- Ohio State. They hate Texas. Okay. They don't, I, I, trust me, I, I get, I'm, I'm in that headset. I, I know what they're thinking. But they wanted – I think they wanted a fair shake. Probably would have preferred to open against Rutgers. But if they yeah, could, I think every other Big Ten team would like to open course. against Rutgers. So, they're, so I'm saying Nebraska – I'm saying from my vantage point, what happened to them was fine. Deal with it. Win some games, Okay. Shut up about it and win some games. But I think if you're there, you're saying, oh, they picked on us again, just like the Big 12 used to pick on them. But it's fine. It's kind of a small-minded mindset that some people, not me, there have that. We're off and rolling, Steve. Las Vegas (laughs) is off and rolling with the odds of the Big Ten teams winning in a nine-game schedule. They've got Illinois at three-and-a-half wins, Scott Ritchie. Is that kind of where you see it? Uh, also, I think uh, Purdue is in that same slot there, three and a half wins. Well, that's a really good number for Vegas because it could go either way, <laughs> exactly. which is exactly why they <laughs> set it at three and a half. Um, well, they said a lot of them at, uh, with the half. Ohio State is eight and a half. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't, I mean, I'd consider the over Ohio State, but uh, the three and a half is fair for well, Illinois. And, and just looking at Illinois' schedule, is, it, it is front-loaded in the sense, too, that they open up at Wisconsin. Purdue comes here. Yes, they won at Purdue last year, but I think the weather had a, a lot to do with that win over in West Lafayette. The last time the Boilermakers came here and Bob wrote about it in Sunday's Ooh, paper. Smoke. Jeff Brom and the Boilermakers took him to the woodshed. Uh, well, you've got, the, you've got the revenge factor against uh, Illinois in true. both those games. And, and then the third week, they have Minnesota coming to town, which Tanner Morgan's back. The Gophers were kind of the surprise of the country for the bar- better part of last season. Oh, yeah. And then if you look at it from a travel standpoint, especially in a pandemic that we're all living in, Illinois got the shaft in terms of they have to play at Nebraska and at Rutgers in consecutive weeks. They get to drive to Nebraska, which is not that bad of a trip. How are long? they drive? How, how many hours? Eight, eight hours. Okay. Depends how many food joints you stop on the way yeah that, that'd be the key for me but uh, are that, they driving there though bob do you well, know I that, or are they think gonna they, fly? I, I think they might now yeah. i think that wouldn't be a, if i'm if, I, if i'm thinking about the, this from a lot of vantage points first of all i want to save a lot of money because i don't have any money anymore right <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna take a bunch of buses as opposed to loading guys up on planes planes that make no sense so i'm driving to Nebraska. i'm probably not driving to rutgers Gonna have to probably fly there. And maybe why, why not? I, I've driven to Rutgers. <laughs> I know that. I'm saying <laughs> so you it took would. him. It took him two I've weeks. Dri- I've driven to Rutgers too. It's not that bad, but uh, I think yeah, it, you it had took two games it to took Scott two weeks to get there. Then we heard about it for two months after he. But got yeah, there. but it was it was ended up yeah, being good. You're not wrong. I, I was <laughs> anyway. gone almost two full weeks, but I covered two basketball games. I, yeah, but Matt, go go back to your point. The schedule. You're right. Kind of friend loaded. Again, what I'm hearing too is n- crickets from Illinois in terms of the schedule compared to. Everybody should just be happy to play. Yeah, exactly. What exactly. are you going to say? Because right. hopefully it's not going to change again. Yeah, l- let's get to Friday first. <laughs> that'll be six the six day. day mark. And then we'll see if there's going to be a season. Exactly. Uh, th- that'll be fun to see. And then you, you talk about that 
back-to-back road trips. You go as far east as you can go in the in the Big Ten, and then turn around and go as far west as you could go the next week. And then you get to come home for Thanksgiving, and Ohio State comes to town. Right. So happy 2020. Um, but Illinois has got to it, – it's going to be very interesting, too, because we don't know the status of all the bowl games yet. The Red Box Bowl that Illinois played in last season is already out canceled for this season and what's it going to take to get into a bowl exactly is it going to be four and four is it going to be can you get in with three wins in the big 10 i mean you could make the argument you could take a i'm sure a bowl again though who knows what attendance would be like at these bowl games if there is any but i'm sure some bowl committees would rather see a three and five illinois team than a six and two texas san antonio team and they might not even put a a win number on it they might just Invite. Yeah. Just hey. say, hey, this is this is a year like no other. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it won't happen again. Just pick a team. <laughs> we want Notre Dame. Would be my first call. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at it, the Mac's not playing. The Pac-12 is. Who They're knows? Gonna They're gonna play. They're trying to get in They're the car. Trying They're gonna, to play. They're yeah. gonna play. Uh, Mountain West is trying to, but they're not there yet. There might be enough bowl slots for everyone <laughs> with those three conferences. Bob sort of finally gets his wish. Sort I, of in the mix. <laughs> it I only really, had, only had to have a global pandemic for it to happen. I know what he gave her, I know what happened. <laughs> it's funny because the Bulls, they don't really care about the the fan thing. Is not that big of a deal. The big deal for them, well, it is. I mean, for the revenue for the community, but the bigger bigger deal is going to be TV. So I think when you look at who's going to play where, it's going to be all TV matchups. So TV is going to dictate who's playing where. They're going to want the be- they're going to want Notre Dame. They're going to want Michigan, Ohio State in the best games possible. So I mean beyond the playoffs. I'm telling you, uh, the one I look forward to most covering on the Fighting Illini Sports Network is a December 12th game on Lake Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> At uh, at Northwestern, that should be uh, fun. Uh, there, there's f- uh, five, four people here in the radio booth. Man, I can't count. It's, it's been that that type of day. Four people here in the booth right now. Uh, sure there might there might be double that amount of people at Ryan Field. Well, these four right here have spent some cold. Yeah, <laughs> cold I'll volunteer to cover here. that one remotely. <laughs> the worst one was the time it was raining in the press box. Uh, I think that game was earlier in the year, as Mechavec era. It was pouring in the press box, uh, but that's before they fixed it up. Uh, I ch- checked the temperature, Steve. I was I had the same thought. I checked the temperature. I believe like the average temperature in Evanston on that date over the last ten years was forty three. Okay, so it's you know it could be ten, right? <laughs> and and again, the windchill there is always a little different. Could be forty three well, below. Well. <laughs> yeah, forty three is okay. That's you know that's that's it. That's fi- fine place. To well, go it's going to be interesting to me too. Uh, the Big Ten's doing something different than what the SEC and the ACC and uh, the Big 12 is doing with that ninth week of the season, that right. so-called championship week. And, and we know the Big Ten championship game is going to be at Lucas Oil Stadium, but where are the other games going to be? And it'd be crazy to, I think, have a... I mean, it's crazy to think about having a game possibly in Champaign six days before Christmas because who knows what the weather's going to be like. But think about if it's outside in Minneapolis or up in Camp Randall. I mean, that's just it's going to be think cold. He picked Depending the, on location, again, I'll volunteer to cover that one <laughs> remotely. I think he picked the s- six warmest sites, or you use, or what you do probably, honestly. Find a dome. You use three domes. True. You have double headers at three domes. That's a good point. So you use the, obviously, Detroit. There's nothing going on in St. Louis. And St. Louis. Yeah. And... And you go indie probably only the title game yeah. in indie because you don't want to 
overlooked. You could go outside the Big Ten footprint and go to like the Fargo Dome or something. You could in go North wherever Dakota. you want. But I think that's I think that's the logical thing. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And that becomes like a bowl game too. In case there's not bowls, that becomes like a bowl yeah, game. especially if there's no crowd, it'd be like a, I, a bowl game as well. I had <laughs> Illinois. I think in Sunday in Sunday's paper, I think I had Illinois against Indi- Indiana in that game. So where that game would be, I think you said you'd play it the Friday night before the Big Ten title game at Lucas Oil. That'd be an option. That's in an ideal world. That'd be cool. Yeah. Five twenty-six Monday night sports talk underway. Phone line is open. Three five six nine three nine seven. If you'd like to join us, give us a call. We'll take a time out and be back with more after this. Stay with us. Five thirty WDWS Champaign Urbana. This is Monday Night Sports Talk. Steve Kelly, along with Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie. We're here until six. Three five six nine three nine seven is the number we. Spent some time talking about the Big Ten football schedule. If you have any thoughts on that, feel free to jump in. Question I have for you, Bob. As a voter on the AP Top 25, the uh, poll came out again today. And Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Florida are one through five. When do you put the Big Ten back in your voting? Allowed to this coming week. Okay. So they... So you'll be able to slide teams in. I've got a, kind of a question about how I'm going to do that because I believe Ohio State is certainly one of the five best teams in the country, probably one of the best three, but they're not going to play for another month. So is it fair to all of a sudden start sliding into Ohio State or sliding in? Penn? I honestly, I'd have five Big Ten teams ranked. I'd have Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, uh, Minnesota for certainly, and Wisconsin. 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 Yeah, that was those five. Are as good as they're as good as the other twenty-five teams in the country. So who would you kick out? Well, that's what I'm gonna have to. Well, I hope teams get beat. The raging Cajuns. I like them. I like them a lot. Actually, I I like them before the year. I, in fact, if you remember in the paper, I wrote that they're going to beat Iowa State. Wrote that in the paper somewhere. I'm sure it's in there somewhere. <laughs> I remember doing that. At least I meant to do that. It's and weird when I edited that out. They are they are good. They're they're good. They if they're in the Big Ten, they wouldn't win. Nine games or anything, but they would win six or seven. They had a good overtime though on Saturday. Yeah, it was a better team. The opponents a Georgia little bit better, State, a little bit better. Open game, not, not Georgia. Georgia I, State. I watched the game, so I know they're they got they're they're talented. They're good, but I think there's some teams that like uh, Baylor, for instance. I don't have a lot of faith in Dave Aranda, the Dave Aranda, former Wisconsin defensive coordinator. They're waiting to play a game. They have to play. Yeah, they got to play a game they first. So that's kind of hard. <laughs> I, I don't have great faith in the second-run uh, SEC schools, Tennessee, Kentucky, those schools. I don't have a ton of faith in them. I, I think they're okay, but we'll see. And once they start playing each other, they're going to be a lot of losses in the SEC. Cause that's, that's coming up this weekend, right? Yeah. But, you know, if you look at the games, there's only one uh, one top 25 matchup, believe it or not, in the SEC. So it's Kentucky against uh, Auburn. Auburn, right. That's only one. So – you know, I don't think Alabama's going to lose to wherever they're playing. They're playing somebody at Missouri. Missouri. And, the Ar- you know, Arkansas is playing LSU, whatever. They're all playing each other. But <laughs> they're all playing the bad teams. SEC, they don't point this out enough. A, in the non-conference, they play usually junk teams. Western Carolina. They and play a lot of bad teams. And they also, in the SEC, there's some bad teams at the bottom of that conference. So we won't get a great idea. But anyway, back to your question. Big Ten, I'm going to slide those teams in there as I see it fit. But certainly, Ohio State will be in the top 25 next week. Penn State definitely in. I, I would say 
four of the five will be in. The only one I'm a little sketchy about is Wisconsin, and not really for any reason other than I didn't have I wasn't really high on them in the first place. I was an AP football voter years ago, so I've forgotten all the rules, if there are any rules. There but are no rules. Do they, they put it, <laughs> do they put any um, stipulations on things like this? I mean, this is a well. This has never happened before. They, they asked us to wait until this coming week to vote for the Big okay. Ten schools. They they wanted the Big Ten. They didn't want to do anything with the Big Ten until there was a schedule. Okay. Now that there's a schedule. Be, basically, the Big Ten's not that far behind the SEC, right? The SEC is really starting in earnest this week. So I think it would have helped me personally as a voter if the Big Ten had started a week earlier. I don't know why it matters. It may not matter. Maybe the 17th, which they talked about, that would have been better. But it doesn't really matter. But at the end of the day, you get to rank the teams what you're supposed to do. I don't do this very well. It's take the team, the, take the top 25 each week and start over. You're, gonna, you're supposed to go... You're supposed to do, rotate them and start them over. I have never really done that. Scott, you told me what you do with basketball. I kind of slide teams in the knot based on what they do. And uh, But I think the AP is going to let us do whatever we want. There's no really rules other than be be fair and, and do what, what you think is best. That's What's your uh, system, Scott, as a basketball voter? Well, it's probably generous to say I have a system, um, but – I mean, there's like I could quote unquote start over every week, but How about the method to your madness. There's a handful of teams. It's like okay, these teams I know or feel are better than everybody else, so they kind of stay um, in their spots unless you know they get beat or right. there's a team that pulls a huge upset, and I feel you know generous and bump them up a lot. But for say eleven through twenty five, a lot of times I kind of just wipe the slate and then look at everybody again, including the teams that were in those spots, and then fill out kind of the bottom half plus of my, of my ballot that way. But uh, it, it just depends. And it's results dependent. I mean, if there are big wins for certain teams, I mean, that's going to affect my choices more than if everyone just kind of beats up on, you know, non-conference opponents or anything like that. A couple of other uh, football nudes. Uh, n- <laughs> <laughs> nudes. That's crossed between news and notes. <laughs> You can I use that any, a new word. Uh, yeah, use that anytime uh, you want, guys. Newt, newt is a word. It's a little <laughs> creature. Yeah. Right. Well, primetime must be kind of bored. Yes. Deion Sanders is coming back uh, to football as a head coach in uh, Matt Daniels' birth town. That's right, Jackson, Mississippi. At Jackson State. Don't remember any of my two years living there. Here's a little note. Today's the 21st. Okay. Deion Sanders' number was 21. True. He becomes the 21st oh, wow. coach. At Jackson State. Over, under on how long he lasts there. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to say 21 21 months. Okay, he doesn't need the money. Okay, so coaching is not for money for him. So it's more like, as Steve said, is he bored, right? Off the word, you know, is he bored? I'm not sure he's bored, but maybe it's a great challenge. Wasn't he an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator at a high school or something now? Yeah, he was coaching his son's team. Okay. So I don't know, is his first goal as head coach to flip his own son from his commitment to FAU? I'm not sure how that should works. should be pretty easy, right? You well, uh, it's a drop in level yeah. from FAU to Jackson State, so uh, could create some tension in the Sanders household. I'm going to talk some basketball along the way as well. One more football note. I noticed today that Minnesota 
has reintroduced <laughs> high school football, leaving only Illinois. Illinois is on an island in the Midwest. In the Midwest. What are your thoughts on uh, that, Matthew? It's just, I mean, Governor Pritzker's made it very clear and very forceful in his statements that uh, I don't think it's going to happen this fall, even though they, had, they held two rallies on Saturday, one up in Chicago, one in Springfield, for uh, for coaches and players to, to come out and, and lend their support to, to having a, a fall football season. It, it still feels weird to me that, you know, we're – a month into what should be the high school football season and there hasn't been any games at all and uh, I know Colin Likas our preps coordinator has talked to a coach each Friday night and we're going to continue to do that through the regular season and, and possibly all the way up through what would have been the state title game as well just to kind of get a feel for how these coaches and their towns and their programs and the players are just kind of coping with uh, you know no fall football and uh, it's just yeah with with all the other states that have happened uh, you know first you saw it with Michigan in the Midwest and then Minnesota, you know, as of Friday, there were 33 states that were playing football this fall. Now with Minnesota, there's 34 and, and 16 aren't. And Illinois is really the only one in the Midwest that that isn't. So, yeah, it's just, uh, <clears throat> again, it's very strange times. And um, I, I don't know, I would be shocked if there's football, high school football this fall in, in Illinois. I think all signs are going to point to them them playing in the spring and then it's going to be you know a ripple effect too for what that does for the 2021 season if that kicks off like it should hopefully next august at all what are we missing that apparently only the governor I, can see i don't know and and you know colin uh you know he went over to indiana just over the state line uh about a week and a half ago to take in a high school football game and uh, you know hopefully you all read his story in in the paper and, and online at newsgazette.com but he said outside of you know, seeing people in, in masks and, uh, you know, kind of additional sanitization and, uh, you know, workers wearing gloves and things like that. He's, it felt like kind of a normal fall Friday night with high school football in the air. And I don't know how you can not have a high school football game in Danville and then 10 minutes over the state line on Interstate 74, there's high school football going on. But that's 2020, I guess. And this is Monday Night Sports Talk at 540. We'll take a time out. We'll come back with some more. Again, if you'd like to join us, feel free to pop in here at 356-9397 on DWS. Back after this. Welcome back to the show at 544, Monday Night Sports Talk here on WDWS. Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmus, and yours truly Steve Kelly with the phone lines open 356 356- Nine three nine seven. Since we last uh, spoke, we've uh, learned more about college basketball and when it will start, and the approximate number of games that will be played. But we don't know much more about the schedule yet, Scott. But uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty-seven games is is likely. Uh, why don't they just make it twenty-seven games? Well, because. It's, it's the NCAA. And <laughs> exactly. They have to phrase it in certain ways. I mean, you can just schedule 25 games, and that can be your schedule. Or yeah. you can schedule 25 and play in one multi team event with that would be two games. I'm to already get to 27. Or you, play, lost me. or you schedule 24 and play in a, a multi team event that guarantees you three games. But what if you schedule 23 and want to play four more? But you can't you play can't in two that. multi-team events. Okay. Yeah. Right. So odds are, and this is in a perfect world, so it's not going to happen because there's a pandemic going. Illinois will play 27 games because they're scheduled for an MTE that would guarantee them two games in the Emerald Coast Classic, which is going to need some tweaking 
because Oregon is still maybe not allowed to play until January based on the Pac-12's decision last month. Where's that going to be played? Because as you mentioned earlier in your episode 117 of Inside Atlanta Basketball today, the Maui Invitational is now the Asheville, North Carolina Invitational this year. Yeah, so well, the Emerald Coast Classic. The Emerald Coast Classic <laughs> is going to be the what classic? It's a good question. It's the one multi-team event that I haven't seen any reports on where it may or may not happen yet. Shit. A lot of the other ones have kind of been combined into one bubble-like scenario where there's going to be several in Orlando, um, Maui, and Asheville. <laughs> yeah, if that makes sense, man. Like that's the bonus. Like you get a, you get invited to the Maui Invitational. It's like you get a week in Hawaii. Exactly. Now you get a week in Asheville. Uh, that's a hey. I'm sure the Asheville Chamber of Commerce well, is happy. Are you staying in that fancy hotel? What's the place called? The uh, the Holiday Inn. No, no. <laughs> Ash- Asheville, North Carolina has famous uh, Biltmore. You stand there. Then it's okay. Um, I think they still want to be in Maui. I think Hawaii still would okay. late November rank higher than the yeah. Biltmore. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess TBD. Uh, the one thing that's not official yet because it hasn't been announced, but the Big Ten ACC Challenge still on, but for essentially a, a week after it normally is played. So it's I think reportedly, tentatively, um, any way else that you could say it could or could not happen. Subject to change. But uh, it's still going to be December the way, 8th and 9th. It's still going to be the way that it has been done. With yeah. Home games for some and home games for others. <laughs> no, <laughs> who, who bubble, no bubble for the big Yeah, I was thinking about challenge. that. I wonder if that would work to do it in a two-day bubble. Probably. Be, I think I think anything's on the table. It would be better if you could do it to get and get more in. than one game. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the doubleheader. Yeah. But, I mean, between the 20-game Big Ten schedule, the ACC Big Ten Challenge, Gabbitt games, if they go off, uh, Emerald Coast Classic in who knows where if it happens. Illinois is really only maybe looking to schedule three more games. Is the bragging rights game going to happen, do you think? I don't know. It's 2020. <laughs> Literally anything's on the table. Who I think would you like to see Illinois play in the Big Ten ACC Challenge? Scott has well, not his to, reasoning. Oh, here you not go, to Shane. give away all of my podcast, episode 117 of <laughs> <Inside laughs> Basketball, available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Duke. And it fits in sort of the how the challenge works is they you know pit teams like teams together based on sort of results from last year where the teams are now in a way, um, and that could be a matchup of top ten teams at that point of the season. The sad part about that is there likely will be no mm. or limited fans. limited fans. No would probably be my guess. Right. Uh, in what otherwise would be a sold out, raucous environment, really great place. No matter where you, if you played it here, yeah. you played it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, still available on the radio. True. These airwaves, and still on TV. Wouldn't be the same, but I mean, there's lots of different storylines kind of for that game. Well, it's going to be interesting too, just from a potentially a, as we as we've seen sports in the in this country resume amid a pandemic. Just watching the different sports and how they play out basketball to me is the one based on what TBT did earlier this summer in Columbus and what the NBA has done is where you really don't notice that there's 
no fans in the venue at all. It's because of how they've set the venue up. Now that's going to be interesting if the colleges can recreate a similar type environment like that. Because when you're watching an NFL game or a college football game and there's no fans, like you can, you can tell. And it's very, it was very eerie to me watching when Major League Baseball started back. There were no fans because you can't hide that in in any of the camera shots. But with basketball, they've been able to do a good enough job on TV where you really can't tell that there's no fans. But how much, how colleges can deal with that like how the state farm center might be able to deal with that do they want to spend extra money to put tarps over seats to have sponsors i'm sure if the sponsors step up they will do that but how that how that'll look and play out on tv on, on college venues i think is going to be interesting to to see in the next couple of months speaking of baseball and uh, the baseball telecast do you guys you guys are all baseball fans mm-hmm. bob i'll start with you are you watching much baseball on tv every every braves win i watch every braves win I do. I, I tape every game, but they win. I watch. They don't. Don't want to barely barely watch. But yeah, I will watch a lot of games. I'll, I'll watch the Cardinals randomly, Cubs randomly, White Sox. I watch a lot of baseball. And you know the the no fan thing doesn't bother me a bit. That doesn't bother me. But what does bother me mm-hmm. is the announcers are not there mm-hmm. in many cases, especially if you're right away games. If your team is on the road, right? And it's almost like and I you know I I watch. Uh, Fox Sports Midwest, because mm-hmm. I'm a Cardinal fan. But it's almost like two guys are sitting around, like we're sitting around yeah. right now, in a studio or over a table or whatever, talking about whatever, and there's a baseball game going on that they're not seeing in person. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. It's, it's like a, a talk radio talk show almost with, oh, by the way, there's a baseball game going on. Yeah, and, and part of the appeal of baseball broadcast too is that the announcers have in to me at least major league baseball has almost as much access if not more than any of the professional sports because before the pandemic because reporters and announcers were able to just go inside the clubhouse and talk Mm -hmm. to the players and they travel with the team and stuff so they got to know so they could fill the broadcast with key anecdotes throughout that course of time and they're really not able to do that this season so it does feel a little odd watching it and and hearing about it and you know, listening to the games on the radio too, it's, I mean, it's got to be hard to do a game when you're not actually physically there in the building. But yep. it's from a viewership's point, like the, the no fans, it was weird at first, but I've gotten used to it by now. And, uh, you know, the, the level of baseball, I don't think it's really changed anything like that. And I want to hear from the, the inside guys. I want to hear from the guys mm-hmm. that are standing around, standing around nice the batting cage. Yeah. What, you know, talking to the guys. Exactly. And, they, and it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. They can't do it. They, yeah. I don't like Zoom yeah. interview uh, features. Mm-hmm. I just don't. But it's a, it's kind of a sign of the times, eh, Scott? Everything is on Zoom. I mean, that's what when the Big Ten football season starts, post-game interviews are going to be on Zoom, most likely. I doubt we're going to be in the same room as Lovey Smith. I mean, hopefully again at some point, but... Yeah. Eventually. I mean, if... The, the, but, this situation means, I, I question what it means for access down the road because maybe teams and organizations will be fine with keeping everyone kind of at arm's length. But it makes it difficult for people like us mm-hmm. to do the jobs that we think our readers and listeners mm-hmm. want. And that's by being a little bit on the inside and being able to... Well, and the fact of the matter is, too, is when you're just... 
you, when you're there physically talking to someone, whether it's in, whether it was in a scrum or one on one or anything after practice, you get to know you the get players. to know the yeah. people, mm-hmm. and they get to open up to you more, and they get to tell you stories and anecdotes, and they feel comfortable telling you things. And it's a really sterile environment to do that while staring into a video conference system on a laptop. So I think when this is all said and done, if schools and pro sports organizations and teams decide to do that way, I think it's on writers and broadcasters and things like that to push back against oh, yeah, that and absolutely. tell them this is why it needs to go back to the way it was. Well, we have to be clever. We have to we have to think of new ways to do things. And Matt always talks about new ways to tell stories, and I think that's really good good thought process. Just have to come up with something new, and I think we'll do that because we're all pretty smart. Well, most of us. But uh, and I think we'll do a good job of that. But you're right; it, you you lose the intimacy of that, and you get to know place. I think people are much more inclined to tell you something, maybe personal, if you're if you're next to it, next to somebody. You're, g- you're going to get a better story as opposed to on a screen. There's just no way to do that. I like I prefer now. Uh, you just said I don't like Zoom things. And I I sort of get that. I like doing things now like one on one on the phone. Yep. Because then you have some time to talk. You can develop a rapport. When you do a Zoom call, we're all kind of polite. Scott, you've been through part of this too. We're all taking turns, right? You, so you have two questions and you let the next person go. Well, that doesn't. that's not a normal interview. Normal interview is 10 or 15 questions in a row from me toward a player or athlete or whatever, coach, whatever. You don't have that now, so it's really complicated. Nobody outside of the business cares, right? No, they don't I, care think what they, we do. I think they care because I think they want to hear it's, good it's, stories. But, yeah, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt the work we do. So we have to come up with another, another clever way to do it. You take one final break. I will say there was one Zoom teleconference, not a teleconference, but a mm-hmm. Zoom meeting that I really enjoyed over the weekend that was with my four-month-old <laughs> grandson. <laughs> First time that uh, – we tried that, and it was a lot of fun. We'll take a break and be back with the final words here on Monday Night Sports Talk after this. Stay with us. Hi, this is Emily. Well, basketball recruiting here real quickly. Jordan Nesbitt, Scott Ritchie, has put Illinois in his final three, and he's going to reportedly make that decision on his birthday, October the 1st. Illinois, St. Louis, and Memphis. What do you think? I mean, the going theory for several weeks now has been St. Louis is the the leader in the clubhouse, as they say. Um, but Illinois has had some time to maybe change his mind, and you know, Memphis is maybe seen on the outside looking in, but I wouldn't discount Penny Hardaway. I mean, he has a – in his short time there, he's had a, a pretty good run of, of recruiting. So I mean, if Jordan Esbitt picks Illinois, that's huge. He is a go-to scorer they could use on the wing. Um, in the 2021 class, and yes, just wait and see. It's recruiting. Literally anything can happen, and typically does. Baseball coming up tonight. The Cardinals at Kansas City. The Cubs at Pittsburgh. The White Sox at Cleveland. The Bears won again yesterday, although they almost gave it away at the end. Matthew, appreciate your time, buddy. Scott, Thank you, Steve. Bob. Thanks, Steve. Talk to you next week on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. This has been Monday Night Sports Talk. Thanks to Ed Bond for his help. For all the guys, this is Steve Kelly. Thanks for listening, and have a good evening, everybody.